Are you a busy woman who at times struggles with reducing your daily stress? Do you know that you need to slow down but do not know how? If you're looking at reducing your daily stress, you're in the right place. My name is Denise Eckert and I welcome you to the Calm Your Daily Stress podcast. I just love interviewing guests so they can share their stress-reducing tips and techniques with you. Now, if you find this podcast helpful, please share it with someone who struggles with stress because lowering our stress will make us a better person, a happier partner, mom, friend, neighbor, etc. And the best part is happiness is contagious. Enjoy this episode. Hi there, it's Denise Ecker, the host from the Relaxation Lounge. And I love coming on here with different guests to help you lower the stress in your life. Because when we live in stress, it causes all sorts of issues in our lives, whether it be health issues, relationship issues, etc. And today I have an amazing woman. Her name is Casey Kangan, and she's a three times cancer survivor turned cancer coach. She's the author of Finding Your Way Back to Heart Center, Cancer Treatment Ended, Now What? Well, welcome, Casey. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Now, what inspired you to become a cancer coach? I just found that after my own journey, the resources which were limited out there weren't really helpful. They were from practitioners who meant well, but they didn't actually understand what was necessary. And so as a byproduct of me figuring it out, I just naturally, it progressed into me helping other women figure it out. I love doing what I do. Now, were you a coach beforehand or is this a completely new role since you've survived the cancer? It's completely new. I came from corporate America, to be honest. Now, what recommendations or what resources were you missing that you found very helpful in helping yourself through cancer? I think it's definitely taking a whole body approach. Like you, they like to compartmentalize the journey, even in survivorship of like, you can find the physical health here, the mental health here, the emotional support and connection here. And it's like, we need all of it. Well, and I found that too. We've got a beautiful cancer unit here in, in the city. And I have a few friends that are dealing with it. And it's it's exactly what you're saying. They have this doctor for that. And then they got to go for that appointment for this. And everything is so structured, but not together. Right. And I mean, that causes a lot of stress, in my opinion, especially when you're not feeling well. Now, what are the practices that you recommend people to use to help them lower their stress when they are dealing with cancer? I think first and foremost, exercise, it gives you those natural endorphins that our bodies and brains absolutely need when it doesn't need or require a lot, like a 20 minute walk can give you the same endorphin rush as a 45 minute run. So we can get a a lot from a little. I So I truly believe like that is one thing that helped me even through my journey. I never stopped walking. Oftentimes I would pull over on the side of the sidewalk and want to almost throw up, but I never did. I just kept going and I was and it. It was so beneficial to my mental health. Another thing that I started doing after I was done, which probably would have helped during as well, was meditation, really understanding what the conversation in my head was, what was happening really helped me understand like, wow, 
I'm thinking all of these negative thoughts and didn't even realize it. Yeah. Well, when, especially when you're going through something traumatic. And I mean, I know it's really hard to talk to someone about it as well, because you've got all your own internal conversations going on. So what are some of the suggestions you can give to women that are listening today that are struggling with beating cancer at the moment? I think that it's really important to understand, and this is what I ask myself, my medical team is doing everything that they can to beat cancer, to kill this disease inside of my body. What can I do to be a good team player and participate in my journey? right? Like, so I know I can exercise. I know I can, to the best of my ability, walking was what I could do. I could eat right and not going to fill my body full of garbage, even though like you don't want to eat a lot anyways. But what I chose to eat was helpful. I, I made sure I gave myself time to sleep. I made sure, like, I really tried to do what I could do mentally, physically, emotionally to help the process instead of just like, even though there were times where I definitely wanted to stay in bed all day and pull the covers over my head, I I got up every day. I took care of myself the best I could. I showered, even if that was the win of like, I got up, I showered, I put on clean clothes and I'm just not sitting in bed all day. That was the win. And that's all it needs to be. But like sitting in bed, mentally, physically, emotionally is not going to help you succeed in this journey. So basically what you're saying is even if it's a little step, get up and do it, right? (laughs) Yeah. And it's so helpful like to understand like beds are for sleeping. Like even if you need a nap, nap on the couch or chair, somewhere separate. Because when we start to, uh, I would say like, uh, mesh our worlds of where we're supposed to be together, it confuses our brains and our bodies to understand like, this is where we sleep. This is where we sit. This is like, we biologically change because of that. Yeah. I mean, I know for myself, I've never had a TV in my bedroom. That is where I go to sleep and read possibly and meditate, but but it's not an entertainment area. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) How did you work things out with people in your household to help them understand what you were going through? I was really transparent throughout my journey with everyone around me. Like this was prior to the pandemic. So we were really strict about boundaries, about if you were sick, if you had kids, I'm sorry, but you're not coming in our house. Like, as much as it hurt to say those things to our friends that we loved, we had to create that because I didn't want, because I was already had a compromised immune system and I didn't want to end up in the hospital again because I I decided as much as it, it, it stunk for me because I wanted to hang out with a friend who had a kid who had a cold, like, so we really, like anyone who came in had to sanitize their hands. So we were doing a lot of the things prior to the pandemic already that were necessary to get us through the pandemic again. But it it just, it was having those really honest conversations that are sometimes really hard and saying like, you know, we wind it down now at seven o'clock. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. We, we can't participate in everything we, and when we do participate or say yes to things like understanding, like I'm not going to be fully healthy. So I might have to last minute cancel and you have to understand and be compassionate towards that. And how did you feel doing that though? Like a lot of times when we do do that, we feel that guilt. I mean, it's sometimes it's difficult to just to renege on a promise that you made. How did you get through that? Yeah, I honestly, I felt like I was missing out a lot. I did. I felt guilty for always having to sometimes cancel more times than not. And what I started to do midway through my journey, which was over the course of five years, was I just started telling people, I'm going to commit to this, but know that I might have to cancel last minute. And the minute I was clear and set that boundary and that expectation around what they can and cannot expect from me, it helps everyone. Because then it's like, it's like not, it, you finally talk about the elephant that's in the room. Yeah. And I love that you're setting the expe- expectation as well. Like, if I'm having a bad day, sorry, but I'm going to take care of myself first, right? Which is very important to everybody, really. <laughs> right. Because I could have let that guilt or that responsibility of being like, well, I committed to this. But then it's like you're compromising your health. And that translates to like, day-to-day living like the minute you say yes to something when you really want to say no it's like you're internally saying like I don't matter and what I want to do isn't important they're more important that priority is more important than me and like that's that's a hard lesson to learn but it's like I had to do it out of necessity yeah And I mean, here you are, your survivor. Exactly, right? Mm -hmm. And now, what are some of the things that you did to boost your mental health when you were not feeling well? So I did a lot of research (laughs) to figure out like what I could do, right? So because it was long and it's hard and oftentimes it's extremely painful. And when you're physically not feeling well, you mentally aren't feeling well as well. So I did a lot of research and I found out that music can change moods, like just dancing around, even though as awkward as I dance, like that made a difference. Laughing, finding something to laugh about, even though there was pain and there was not a lot to laugh about, even though it was oftentimes at myself, like, yep, just peed on myself. Like, just did that. Like you kind of have to like have that vulnerability to understand like what you're experiencing is not forever, but there are pockets of joy that you can find and really setting the standard of like, I'm not going to infuse myself with any negativity. So I have a friend that's, she's like Eeyore. (laughs) It's just very like, it always the cup is ha- always half empty and i just told her i said i had a really honest conversation i have to limit my time that i talk with you because i find myself every time i talk to you even worse than when i begin the conversation and i mentally can't cannot be there in that place right now which was really hard 
Well, that's amazing. Yeah, you're setting a boundary um, out there on just even the level of negativity that people share with you, which is, I don't know, I really think something that we all should be doing all the time anyways. It's having that negativity in our world just brings more negativity into our world and it doesn't work well. No, it doesn't. <laughs> now, your book, Finding Your Way Back to Heart Center, Cancer Treatment Ended. Now, what can you talk a little bit about your book? Yeah, so I I wrote this after my treatment on and everything that I did to not everything I shouldn't say that I would say it's 50% of what I did to get my physical mental and emotional health back on track and take back control of my new normal I didn't feel like myself I didn't feel like I felt grateful for being alive but I didn't feel grateful <laughs> I was happy to be alive but I definitely didn't like life. I was in a very bad place mentally and I I knew I had to get out of it. And I just didn't know how. So the, a lot of the questions that are inside of this book, because it is kind of like an interactive book where you can journal inside of it if you want, are, are the questions that I literally asked myself to move the needle to accept not only what I had just gone through and endured for five years, but also how to rebuild and reclaim my life. And um, this book was really, it felt like a download from the universe. I couldn't type fast enough writing it. And that's when I knew like in my heart, this was, this is what I was supposed to be writing because it just poured out of me. Like you hear it all the time. Like people are like, it's really hard to write a book. And I'm like, I did not have that experience at all. So what kind of questions do you go into? Like, you don't have to give all of them, but just a couple examples would be cool. So, yeah, like one of the questions was, what is really like holding me back from embracing this new normal? Well, a lot of it for me was I was kept comparing my light old life to my new life. And I was like, it's not the same, but why do I keep comparing it? Right? Like who's ex? And then another question that I love asking even women now, it's like, whose expectations are you living by? Are you, were they set by yourself or were they set by everyone around you? Because I was living in the, the box of checking things off, right? Like the expectation from my family was, you graduate high school, you go to university, you get a really great job, you get married, you have kids, you do all these things. It's like, well, I can't have kids anymore. I had a really great job. I hate it. All these things that I was told would make me happy aren't making me happy. So whose expectations is I living off of? And really having a reality check of like, what do I want? Right? We oftentimes never asked ourselves that. No, no, we don't. And that has been bizarre for you too, going through all this pre-pandemic. And so you're creating your new normal after your sickness. And then you've got like a global changing, I don't even know what to call it, where everybody's lives changed at once. And so no one even knows what, the word normal means anymore. So that's pretty bizarre. But I can see how that book came to you so quickly because I mean, it's just, yeah, it's something that I'd say is needed out there. 
Right. And I would say like, even if somebody were just struggling with what they're, they're, where they're at in their life, like there's so many relevant questions that even if you didn't have specifically cancer, you're struggling with what to do. Like it, they're just really great questions to go, oh yeah, I never thought, why am I doing this? Cause we go on autopilot of life. Yeah. And a lot of times we do it for so long that we we don't even realize that we've done it. And so what is the new normal? Well, what is normal anyways, first of all? <laughs> right. Well, normal to me was the expectations of what my family expected. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I hear that a lot because people are put into these slots. And once you finish this slot, you go to the next slot, the next slot, the next slot. And there's so many unhappy people that don't want to be in these slots. They want to do their own thing or it's, it's so hard to get out of that loop. Yeah, it is. And I always say I was trying to achieve this unattainable goal. <laughs> and every time I achieved it, I moved the goalpost and it's like, oh my God, it's madness. <laughs> now I understand you have a, a free document of some sort, signs of burnout. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So these were the signs that I think really I should have been looking for in my life prior to cancer when I was in corporate America, working 10 plus hours a day, two hour commuting, and just trying to achieve that unattainable goal. And I wish I would have known the signs and symptoms of of what it even looks like to realize I was in burnout and I was just really white knuckling life for 10 years and didn't know it. And it's like, no wonder, Not I'm not saying like I brought on my own sickness, but like living in that high stress didn't help my cause. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Well, no, because you're putting your body in the fight, flight, or freeze mode, and your body is in like that extreme tension and mm-hmm. protecting you, and it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. You're not supposed to be living like that all the time. And that's the thing with corporate. It's it's brutal. I mean, that's where I came from, too. And I ended up in the hospital a few times, and I would go from burnout to hospital sick. And until I got better, then I'd bounce back right Mm -hmm. into the job again until I hit me again. And I never, I thought that's the way things were. And I thought Mm -hmm. I was the failure. (laughs) Right? Like something was inherently wrong with you, but it's, it. there's nothing wrong with you. It's like, we just, we keep going because that's what we see around us too. And it's, oh my gosh, it's. It's only, I mean, and chronic stress leads to chronic illness and disease. No wonder people are just, when the pandemic hit, could not handle life as, and didn't have the coping mechanisms that I think, which is why I think I did so well during the pandemic, (laughs) (laughs) because I had dealt with a lot of these questions that people were now figuring out, oh, wow, I don't actually enjoy my life. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of people that changed jobs and divorces. And actually, it was weird, too, for a while there. There was people moving. Mm -hmm. A lot of people moved out of province here. 
to a different lifestyle completely. <laughs> right? People are figuring out like, this isn't actually where I want to be even. And this is not important. Having the fancy car and the fancy house, I'd rather not. If that's the hours I need to work and if that's the position I need to hold to pay for this, it's not what I want. <laughs> right? And I think that reality hit everyone. And I just had had re- had gotten there a lot a lot sooner than everyone else. <laughs> well, yeah, you you were sort of the pre pre. Mm-hmm. So I will have the link. I do have the link for the signs of burnout. That's an amazing thing because people don't realize how serious burnout is. And I know when I started this podcast, one of the first things I did was I interviewed probably about ten women that experienced burnout and. They got they they ended up with the strangest diseases. Like seriously, like one woman had kidney liver failure, and it just came out of nowhere. Another woman was paralyzed, and there was no rhyme or reason for this. And it was because they were under such severe stress, their body broke down, and it wasn't their body broke down in such strange ways. Like it was amazing some of the stories. So that's great that you're offering that to people. Right. And- I mean, Denise, I seriously went to work the morning I was diagnosed thinking I was going to go back to work after my lunch doctor's appointment. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is, like that's genuine. And the first thought when they told me the news was, but what about work? Like, well, like my priorities weren't even on, hey, maybe you should think about like what's going on in your body. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing what we gave up for the corporate. But just and honest to God, like right now, we've been replaced. Yeah. <laughs> There's someone else doing my cog. old job, right? I was just a cog in a wheel and it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yes, I'm gonna be putting Casey's information anywhere and everywhere you watch or listen to her. So Casey, we're gonna be wrapping this up. So what are some words of wisdom that you can give our audience today if anybody is going through something similar that what you went through? Never lose hope and to wake up every day and say, how can I participate? Having just a positive mental attitude about what you can do, it truly, because there is so much that you can do to help yourself that even knowing like, hey, I'm going to get up today and get out of bed and shower and change clothes, that in and of itself can absolutely change how you think and feel every single day. Wow. And yeah, that's great. So if anybody wants to reach out to Casey, I'll be putting her links everywhere you're watching or seeing this. So thank you so much, Casey. That's such amazing information. And I'm so happy that your struggles are finished, not finished, but your struggles are in the behind you and that you've turned around and making this a positive note and you're helping others in the world that are going through something similar. That's just so amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I appreciate being here with you. Thank you. So leaving you a gentle reminder to slow down and enjoy life. And I'll see you in the next episode. Cool. Thank you for listening to the Calm Your Daily Stress podcast. Have you ever wondered what your stress personality is? Are you a self-care goddess or a burnout queen? Well, you can find out by taking my free quiz. You just need to go to 
stressquiz.info to find out where you rank. Sending you love and peace, and I'll see you in the next episode.